You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vladko. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on AHP Digital. Thanks for joining me again for our Christmas special here. I think we're roughly in around the 18th of December. So this will be our last awesome show. We've got a bumper show for you today. As I said, guys, have a, I want everyone to have an awesome Christmas. Uh, before I do that, actually, I sure we should uh, introduce my uh, co-host, Mario. How you doing, mate? G'day, Jason. Welcome back, everyone, to the Straight Shooting Podcast. And we have got a mega show. We've got so much news uh, that's been happening around the world and locally. And uh, as you guys know, we're roughly recording this podcast about the time of the recent uh, terror attack in Martin Place in Sydney. And we'll slightly touch on that, but uh, a lot of stuff going on. Also, Victorian elections, Jason. Yeah, absolutely. Again, guys, if you guys want to find out about the show, australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. That's where you can download the show. Uh, also, too, you can email me, australianhuntingpodcast.gmail.com, or click on that contact icon on the website, whichever you prefer. Twitter.com forward slash AHpodcast for our Twitter feed. And also, we've been putting up a lot of photos on our Facebook page. We've just got over six, I think 6,100 already. We just hit the 6,000, Muzz. Yeah. So that's uh, really good thanks for everyone for you know sending in all your photos you know just either put them on the page send them to us in a personal message and we'll put them up uh on the facebook page of course you can find us on stitcher.com uh if you're across the you know across the world somewhere having a great time in some other country and you want to download the show you've got a wi-fi connection you absolutely can download it from there most people download the show from itunes as well you know automatic feeds download itunes for free you can do all that fantastic put on your ipod your ipad listen to it in the bed I know some of the guys that I know listen to it in their in their hard hat while they're at work on, yeah. on a construction site. Yes. Um, which is pretty awesome. Again, also too, today we are going to play about three questions from, you might remember last show of the Straight Shooting Podcast, I said, please leave a voicemail submissions on our website. There's a big icon on the right-hand side of the bar, on the sliding bar on the website. You can't miss it. And uh, people have obviously utilized that. We've got more for the next show. So if you've got something you want to discuss, we want to include you in the show, which we think is really important. It's not about us always talking. So please jump on there. And you're going to hear some of those questions today from listeners, uh, that things that are you know, interesting them that they want us to discuss, they want to add their bits and pieces to it as well and uh, get our thoughts and opinions so again click on that voicemail icon you can do even do it on your smartphone you can jump on your smartphone go on australianhuntingpodcast.com.au and you'll see it if you're on, if you're on your smartphone it'll come up voicemail message click it you, it'll ask you to select you know your, your your phone microphone you record it try and do it in a quiet place for us guys that way it's better for listening when we add it onto the show do it in your bedroom or something when you get home uh, fill out your details and then send us a little message with it and then it clicks and automatically goes through comes straight to my email and uh, again we're going to address about three questions today from listeners um, we had to go around and get some of the details so that's all right that's great so. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, great new feature to the show, Jason. We've been trying to plug it as much as we can, and uh, a lot of you guys have left some questions. And guys, please don't, don't feel like you have to have some sort of an intelligent question or whatever. It, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be any subject. You might have a comment on something we can discuss. Uh, please uh, send us your feedback. We want to get you guys involved with the show as much as possible, Jason. 
All right, guys, the dust uh, has settled from the Victorian election. We were going to do a show a bit earlier than this, but we thought it would be awesome uh, just to wait a couple of extra weeks after the Victorian election to make sure uh, you know, a huge percentage of the votes had been counted. There was a lot of stuff being thrown around, a lot of ideas, uh, what parties were going to get in. So what we're going to do is we're going to go and do basically a uh, region-by-region rundown i guess yeah, Muzz, um yeah. on you know votes that were given how many votes total for a couple of those sort of minor parties that are very similar and uh, the amount of votes they get like you know we, we started to do animal justice the sex party shooters and fishers uh the ldp and of course country alliance so basically three uh pro shooting parties i'm not sure i've looked on the sex party website Muzz, but i can't really find anything uh in regards to their policy or they don't have a policy on firearms so well they're, they're basically a libertarian party the sex party um, and uh, they believe in people's right to choose and so forth. And uh, I'm pretty sure, even though they don't have a firearms policy, I'm pretty sure their overall philosophy would be uh, leaning towards a pro-gun philosophy, especially um, if they are relying on other people's vote uh, to uh, get some of their uh, policies through. So sex party, at the moment, I'm leaning towards that they would definitely have a pro-gun policy, and they would definitely be willing to work with other parties that would be willing to work with them. Um, but anyway, Jason, carry on. All right, so obviously we've got specific uh, regions here. Now, first off, we've already found out. I got an email from uh, Tim Horan, the campaign manager for SFP, Shoes and Fishers Party up here in New South Wales, uh, sort of saying that Daniel Young and uh, Jeff Borman have uh, definitely 100% been elected uh, into the upper house in... Woo-hoo! in uh, Victoria, which is fantastic news. Always great to get some pro-gun party representatives up in uh, the upper house in Victoria. So congratulations, Daniel Young. We wanted to go northern Victorian region. Okay. Now, obviously, this goes from this one goes from 1 through to 13 on basically uh, number uh, of votes, obviously, from most to uh, the least. Now, obviously, the Liberals there on top, they had a hundred, roughly 180,000. Labor, 115,000. The Greens, which... It shits me again. 33,000. Okay, our closest one in the election results for the northern region was Shooters and Fishers with 15,303. That's with a, a percentage of 3.50%. Yep. Uh, that, that was their best result, actually, Jace. Yeah, um, in the... They've done really well there. Fantastic. Yeah, in the uh, northern region there. Uh, number six, because we compared them to the sex party as well, 14,329 at 3.27%. Uh, the next closest in the northern Victorian region was Australian Country Alliance at 10,914 votes at 2.49%. Number 10, Liberal Democrats pro-gunners, 10,289. Yep. Now, number 11 spot, even I can't even believe this, even the north, uh, northern Victorian region, the Animal Justice Party, 7,765 votes, which... I don't know what they're doing down there with these bloody animal justice <laughs> parties, but I guess they preference the green. Anyway, so again, who, who was elected was Wendy Lovell, Liberal, Stephen Herbert, Labor, Damien Drum, National, Daniel Young, Shooters and Fishers Party, and uh, Jacqueline Symes. I thought it said Selms there for a minute. Jacqueline <laughs> Symes, uh, Labor. So quite a good result there for Shooters and Fishers with 15,303 votes. It's 3.5%. Yeah, we've got one seat there uh, in the Legislative Council. Fantastic result for the SFP there. And uh, really good stuff all around, Jace. All right, guys, here's another one. South Eastern Metropolitan Region. Uh, again, we didn't have any pro-gun 
uh, parties elected in the southeastern metropolitan region. Uh, uh, how many? Two Labor, two Liberal, and a Green. We're not going to read out the sex party stuff and other ones anymore. We're just going to read out pro-gun parties. So in the southeastern metropolitan, uh, we weren't even in the top seven, so we go to the next page. Jeez, uh, even Animal Justice beat us with 7,840 votes at 1.86%. Yep. Uh, in number nine spot, Liberal Democrats, 7,303 at 1.73%. Okay, what we've also got here, the next one would have been S- the... SFP. Yeah, Shooters and Fishers Party, Victoria, uh, 5,211 votes out of our top three program parties at one point. Uh, 24%. So that was the southeastern region, so not really a great result there, obviously, guys. So uh, we'll go into the next one. All right, guys. The next one, northern metropolitan region. We always get hammered in the northern metropolitan region. Uh, again, we got outdone even by the Animal Justice Party at position number eight with 6,221 votes at 1.51%. Uh, number nine, uh, again, pro-gunners, obviously Liberal Democrats, 6,090 votes at 1.48%. Uh, On to the next page. The next uh, best was the uh, number 12 was the Shooters and Fishers Party with 4,489 with 1.09% of the vote. Now, number 20 was, uh, this is probably not great for Country Alliance, Australian Country Alliance with only 600 and uh, 62 votes. Again, the five people that took the position was uh, one Labor, uh, sorry, two Labor, a Liberal, a Greens, and Fiona Patton from the Australian Sex Party. So again, northern metropolitan region, uh, not definitely not a great result there. The eastern Victorian region, we had a good result here. Now we had uh, two Labor, one Liberal elected, uh, one National, and uh, the Shooters and Fishers Party's Jeff Borman. Now, if we have a look yep. here, uh, our first with total votes, uh, number four, the Liberal Democrats, 20,732 votes at 4.75%. Quite a yeah. quite a big share there. Great result there for yeah. the Lib Dems. Yeah. Number six, Shooters and Fishers Party, 10,657 at 2.44%. Uh, where's that Animal Justice Party? Where are you? Where are you? Where are they? Animal here? Justice, uh, Jason, got 8,285 votes. Yeah, I don't too. know where they come from, but they're there. Yeah, 1.9%. Okay, going further than that, in number 12 spot out of 16, Australian Country Alliance with yep. 4,294 with 0.98%. So a great result in the eastern Victorian region. Uh, yeah, excellent. Or- excellent result there, Jason. And I'll just take my hat off to the SFP. They've done a really good job with their preference deals there they managed to get jeff borman up and a fantastic result and that's the second pro gunner that we've got in the legislative council uh brilliant i mean just uh i i couldn't be happier with this result jason it was really good stuff by the sfp yeah it shows it interesting how preferences make a huge deal here i mean liberal democrats the the fourth major party there with twenty thousand seven hundred and thirty two yeah. votes and sfp coming in at ten thousand six hundred and fifty seven uh, close to just under half, or just so just over half that amount, and still managed to get the seat. So yeah, I mean, look, how... absolutely. Look, it's quite disappointing to be honest that uh, the the Liberal Democrats couldn't crack a seat out of those twenty thousand votes. I mean, that that they're crucial pro gun votes that um, uh, we should be we should be getting another member up there, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. So. Um, I, Hopefully next time the Lib Dems will do better with their preference deals. Yeah, it would have been great if we actually got you know like an, an LDP or a country. But I guess you know, we were always picking up the fourth or fifth seat in those particular areas. Yeah, so. absolutely. Anyway, go on, Jase. Yeah, Eastern Metropolitan Region. Again, we got smashed in the Metro Region again. Uh, liberal, three Liberals, a Labor and a Green. So obviously the East, they like the old Liberals down there. 
Uh, where's our next closest? Uh, Liberal Democrats again, number nine position, 5,667 at 1.34% of the vote. Going on to the next page, in number 12 spot out of 16, Shooters and Fishers Party, Victoria, 3,508 at 0.83%. Yep. And number 14, Australian Country Alliance with 1,787. So again, in that eastern metropolitan region, not a good result. Again, leading that, leading that total votes was Lib Democrats, uh, again, followed by Shooters and Fishers and Country Alliance. Yep. Couple more to go. Again, Southern Metropolitan Region. We, we didn't get a seat there again in that one. Uh, how many? Two Liberals, oh, sorry, three Liberals, a Labor and a Greens. Uh, again, where, where's our top one? Here we go. Oh, actually, Liberal Democrats again in the southern metropolitan region. Liberal Democrats, 19,069 votes at 4.6%. Quite a share there. Mm. Uh, next one, Animal Justice at number seven spot, 6,836 at 1.65%. Uh, num- 13th out of 18 positions, uh, that would have been Shooters and Fishers Party Victoria, 1,934 at 0.47%. And again, tough... Uh, I just want to feel sorry for the country yeah. alliance in position 18 at the dead bottom. Only, only 360, 360 votes. Yeah, only 360 votes. So sort of disappointing. I mean, Liberal Democrats, again, number four, 19,069. Yeah, you got, I kind of feel sorry for them. I get so many. Well, you know, it just goes to show how a political system works, Jason, with all the preference deals. I mean, it comes down to, I guess, you know, how you make the who, – who you're preferencing. And um, – Obviously, uh, the quantity of votes uh, isn't everything that matters. And the Liberal Democrats done really well here. I mean, they're crucial pro-gun votes. And um, and then, um, obviously, they, they didn't manage to crack a seat. So, hopefully, next time uh, they will. Yeah, next one, Western Metro Region. Uh, interesting one again. Uh, what have we got? We've got two Labor, one Liberal elected, a Greens, and a Democratic Labor Party. So very interesting stuff. Again, 90, all these ones are roughly around 92 93% of the vote counted. Uh, okay, our top three-gun pro-gun parties. Again, number four, Liberal Democrats, 24,068 yeah. votes at 5.52%. I mean, that's a pretty good result there, but again, didn't result in a seat, which again, is disappointing for the pro-gun parties. Uh, coming in even close to that, our enemy, the Animal Justice Party, 6,616 at 1.52%. Again, uh, 12th position out of 16, Shooters and Fishers with 5,416 at 1.24%. And again, Country Alliance coming in last position again, the poor buggers, uh, 820 votes at uh, 0.19%, which, I don't know, again, Liberal Dems, 24,000, over 5% of the vote, so not too bad. Okay, guys, for the final one, uh, Western Victoria, which we thought we were going to get a third SFP member up. Um, Mm. Again, our three top pro-gun parties in the Western region. Number five, Liberal Democrats again, leading that way uh, in total votes with 11,327 at 2.59%. Number seven, Shooters and Fishers Party, 10,037, so not far off Lib Dems there. Uh, And again, uh, 12th position out of the total of 17 positions is number 12, Australian Country Alliance. Did okay with 4,338 yep. votes. And that's, again, in the Western Victorian region. I think uh, I think it was Jeff Borman's wife, I think it might be, mm. was going in that area and got, got yeah, outdone yeah. by a vote one local job. I think it was because, actually, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's because if they'd have beat Liberal Democrats in total votes, we actually would have got a third 
uh, SFP representative up in Western Victoria. So, unfortunately, yeah, the unfortunately Liberal Dems put him, out, <laughs> put him out of a seat, unfortunately, which, which sucks. Well, but. unfortunately, that's the way it goes, Jason. But, look, I just want to do a bit of a summary here on some of the votes. And uh, and I, I was uh, quite impressed with the amount of uh, pro-gun votes that there yeah. was. Because um, as we were doing this, Muzz is writing it all down and yep. calculating sort of, you know, similar, you know, pro, doing the three pro-gun parties. I think what else we do? Sex party and we did animal justice because, you know, we just wanted to see the difference in what yep. people think about pro-shooting uh, parties and also those parties that might get similar votes to ours, like the animal justice yep. or the sex parties. The sex what did you get? Give well. us a total for the five parties. Well, basically, I just want to say it's a fantastic result overall for uh, for, for shooters, for hunters, for any anyone that's interested in guns. Uh, two SFP members elected. Uh, fantastic. Hopefully, those two will have the balance of power in Victoria. Couldn't be happy about that. Um, and uh, also now the vote count uh, remarkably out of all these parties you've got the uh, Liberal Democrats SFP Country Alliance Animal Justice and Sex Party overall uh, the Liberal Democrats killed it with 104,545 votes Mm, a a great result huge result so plenty of people in Victoria support the Liberal Democrats you'd be pretty pretty I'd be pretty pissed if I was them and even if they got in with the shooters and fishers or even a different area you know, to get some pro-gun represent or country alliance yeah. getting in an area, that would have been great. But I guess, I guess that, that was probably my biggest disappointment from this election because uh, there was a lot of people going out there to vote for Liberal Democrats for all sorts of issues, whether it be pro-gun, whether it be uh, freedom issues, um, whatever you might be. I mean, Liberal Democrats support a lot of pro-freedom issues. So a lot of people would have gone out and voted for him. Unfortunately, because of the way preference deals works, Jason, uh, all these votes didn't end up in a seat. But SFP uh, ends up being the little engine that could. uh, With their their votes totaling a total of uh, 56,555, give or take, I guess, I don't know. probably just over half of LDP. They're they're probably uh, still counting uh, some votes as we speak. But uh, not not that many left anyway. But only fifty six thousand votes, which is pretty much yeah half of LDP. But with with those votes, they managed to get two people up. Excellent. So fantastic! And you know um, that's well, the nature of the business, isn't ex- it? You know, exactly. what I mean, if you can I do mean, the proper deals, exactly. get them through. Why not? I mean, <laughs> I'll take any pro gun senator any way I can get it, Jason. You know? yeah. So that's great news. So anyway, Country Alliance total twenty three thousand one hundred seventy five votes. Unfortunately, that didn't end up uh, being. Um, that didn't turn into any representation. Uh, then you had Animal Justice, 58,000 votes. I don't know how they get these votes, Jason, but they just How do. on earth? I mean, this is what really annoys me, right? How on earth is the Animal Justice Party getting more than SFP? Well, I just, I can't I explain. Well, is there that many idiots in Victoria that vote for? I mean, even in those western, in those rural areas, Animal Justice are getting some decent numbers. I mean, Animal Justice can double the votes of Country Alliance, for example. I mean, Country Alliance. That's disturbing. They, that's Very it is pretty disturbing. disturbing. So, but then you got the sex party. Now, I'm really hoping that the sex party have got a really good pro gun policy, Jace, because they are kind of a libertarian party as well, and uh, hopefully they will vote on some issues with the SFP. But uh, probably unlikely. But I certainly, I certainly do uh, do hope they will. Uh, but total, Jason, this is one of the po- important points I want to make. So, just bear with me. But total amount here, including if you count up the LDP, SFP, Country Alliance, and Sex Party votes, you got a potential here of total of almost three hundred thousand pro-gun votes. Mm. Right now, a lot of people were saying that, oh, you know, 
um, other program parties are splitting the vote. They are, it's not going to be as good. You know, we're going to lose support and so on. Well, it just goes to show the more program parties you've got, you've got more program votes. There yeah. is absolutely no way that a single pro-gun party could have in any way accumulated 300,000 votes on their own. Yeah, that's no if way. we know the... We've got to wait and see, obviously, in, in Parliament to see if the sex party, see what they do, see yep. who they vote with. Um, obviously, time will tell on that, but you know, I guess we can talk more to those guys down there as things roll out in the future. But I'm specifically talking about Victoria, Jason. There just isn't 300,000 pro-gun votes. Now, because you've got the LDP, SFP, Country Alliance and Sex Party out there, and we don't know yet if the Sex Party is there, but let's just count the Sex Party out for a moment. So that equals to 220,000, roughly 220,000 votes, mm, uh, pro-gun mm. votes, which uh, I, I don't believe any single pro-gun party on their own could attain. Uh, in Victoria, there just isn't that many yeah. votes out there to, to to get. I don't think so. So it's a really good result. And what I'd like to see in the future, hopefully, is some of these LDP votes turn into seats. Yeah. Now, I'm sure the LDP have learned a lot from this election, and hopefully they'll put uh, forward a um, much more uh, clever strategy in the future to turn some of these pro-gun votes into seats. So. Yeah. You know, great result by them. 104,000 votes, absolutely smashed I even it. think in one of the areas, we, we thought it was going to be three SFP yeah. and one country alliance based on their preferences. But Oh, that would have been a dream oh, result, oh, Jason. <laughs> mate, could you imagine that? Like four pro... I mean, even in, or split out in certain different areas as well, you know, representing their their regions. So Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. Mean, you know, that's good stuff. I mean, at the end of the day, mate, this is what it's... It's politics. At the end of the day, you do what you've got to do and then they get elected. If you can do the... Do the preferences doesn't really, I guess, matter how many votes you get. But again, different in Victoria, uh, Sydney, or so the New South Wales system. There's no preferencing in the state in the state elections. Mm. So we are going to be going on purely in New South Wales in March of 2015. Uh, primary votes, basically, unless mm. you want to obviously vote below the line and vote who you want yep. to vote for, yep. which sometimes people actually stuff up. But you know, it gives you an idea, guys, of what sort of happened in Victoria. You know, the success the SFP have had in Victoria, which is, you know, fantastic. Again, if Country Alliance had picked up one and maybe Liberal Democrats picked up one or two, mate, we could have had, you know, five or six pro gunners in there. And unfortunately yep. the preferences just didn't you know, didn't didn't go, you know, the LDP's way and didn't go Country Alliance way, went SFP's way. So I mean yep. fantastic news for SFP and um what I'm going to do too now here, I got an, uh, an email. I just wanted to uh, email Tim Horan, who's the uh, SFP media and campaign manager uh, for New South Wales. Now, so yeah, I got this email from Tim Horan. Now, he said, despite only being registered uh, as a political party two weeks before the deadline, the Citizens Officials Party have won two seats in the Victorian Upper House at their first attempt at a state election. Jeff Borman was elected as an MLC for Eastern Victoria, covering areas of uh, Parkinham, Warragul, Moe, Gippsland, Bansdale, Sale, and Lakes Entrance. Sorry if I've got any of those wrong, guys. You've got some good good names down there in Victoria. And then Daniel Young, who's well, literally young by nature too. He's only 27 years old, but be the one of the youngest uh, Victorian members of parliament, was elected as an MLC to represent northern Victoria, which mm. includes towns such as Bendigo, Wangaratta, Wodonga, Lake Eildon, and Seymour. Daniel's been very busy. Uh, he also became a dad last week, so congratulations, Daniel. Uh, and he goes, both uh, Jeff and Dan will be officially sworn in next week in a ceremony at the Victorian Parliament. And they said, with two uh, representatives of Parliament, the Shooters and Fishers Party will share the balance of power with other crossbenchers from a variety of parties, including the Greens, uh, Sex Party, 
uh, Democratic Labor Party and the Vote One local jobs. So that's basically with 14 MLCs, uh, a new Labor Premier, Daniel Andrews, will potentially need to have to uh, talk to uh, seven, need seven crossbenchers uh, to support uh, future government uh, legislation down there in Victoria. So, I mean, again, guys, a fairly good result. I mean, you know, th- uh, two people up. Uh, sucks we didn't get the third country alliance and, a, and an LDP or two or a country alliance or two. doesn't really matter. would have been mm. better if we had more. But, I mean, hey, I mean, for a first election, getting two up, never having really any really pro-gun uh, people in parliament, you know, trying to fight for shooters in Victoria. Yeah, know? well, that's right, Jason. One of the disappointing things for me personally is that I would have liked to have seen the Napfine government push through, I would have liked to have seen them win over the Labor Party because I think as far as major party goes, the Liberal Party in Victoria there, I don't think you can get much more of a gun-friendly party really because they support hunting, they support all, all types of recreation. Yeah, they really. put in the, the uh, game unit. There's a game unit, yeah. the game unit there as well. I mean, they've yeah, got so, duck hunting. So they've been quite friendly to uh, all the hunters and the pro-gunners. However, on the flip side of it too, good news is that I, I remember a press conference uh, um, uh, Daniel Andrews uh, said that uh, they have no plans on changing any kind of uh, uh, legislation re- in reference to duck hunting. Yes, they were, they were, yes, they were, they were yes. Asked about duck hunting by some uh, anti, uh, by some animal justice guy. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and of course, Daniel, don't get me wrong. I've got more than uh, a lot of respect for people that care for people with injuries, but of course, most of them don't work. He was a carer. Yeah, <laughs> they don't actually do anything. They actually no. care. Just get government welfare. Like that other goober Tony Murphy from you know that hangs around the coalition against duck shooting, yep. you know who's always who's always in court uh, for doing the wrong thing again. You know laying in front of the uh, you know, they're trying to build the new roads and that, so he just lays out there with yeah. his arms in the air, you know, and he gets has to gets dragged off. So the other thing too, uh, Jason, this is more of a bit of a pro freedom issue. Um, uh, we know that the uh, Labor government. Uh, on record saying that they're going to support, continue to support duck hunting, which is great. But also, they're going to support uh, the introduction of UFC down yep, uh, Victoria, yep. which the Liberal government are quite against. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't want people. We can we can we can have people boxing and smashing yeah. each other in yeah. the head with gloves. Uh, yeah. Put them in a cage. Oh, it's just horrendous. Oh, I know, I know. The ultimate fighting championship will, um, I guess, give be given the green light. Down in uh, Victoria, which is great news for Liberty. Why would the, why would they, getting I'm not going to top it? Why would the Napthan government not support that in getting people down to Victoria again? Isn't it? If I was running a state, I'd say, how can I get people here? How can I get this economy moving? What can I do to get yeah. jobs happening? Exactly. What can I do? Not like let's ban everything so everyone wants oh, to let, get let, on earth. Let's look like we all care about everyone and you know their yeah. feelings and we'll you know, we don't hands. want to expose people to too much violence you know but we love duck hunting <laughs> yeah if i can find i know there was only one person that put that uh on facebook so if i can find that audio i will uh cut it out and i'll put it in this show but i'm not sure if i can find it so if you hear it in the next few seconds you'll <laughs> you'll, you'll you'll know we've actually put it in this show it was very interesting to see napthine uh and uh, daniel andrews say they've got no intention uh of it's a le- legitimate uh law body activity and they've got no uh anything in the future of uh banning it so great job to those uh, two parties down there and to those victorians listening to the show if you've got any comments in reference to what we were saying if you think that we've we've uh, missed something or we've got something wrong please send us a message uh through the website and we'd love to hear from you and just hang on there guys we're just going to go to a quick commercial break and we'll be right back for everything bushnell go to red fox outdoor supplies online store for a full range of Bushnell rifle scopes, rangefinders, binoculars, night vision, spotting scopes and Hoppies gun cleaning products. 
Red Fox are also major online retailers for the popular Aussie Maxbox brand and the rest of the innovative products distributed by Eagle Eye Hunting Gear, all at Red Fox Outdoor Supplies. So go to the website redfoxoutdoorsupplies.com.au or phone Greg on 0412 495 712. Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gunning, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person so call Andy Mallon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 02-4653-1440 or visit SSAAsydney.net. Alright guys, getting into the news of the last several weeks, uh, getting on from the Victorian elections, uh, Shooters and Fishers Party's uh, MP-elect Jeffrey Borman, who we just spoke about, who's going to be sworn in next week, got a seat. Uh, now again, we're going to do a whole show, or not a whole show I shouldn't say, but we are going to address parts of uh, the issues and the siege that happened in Sydney just uh, recently, uh, but again, we're going to get it... We'll, we don't want to do it right now. We think it's going to be yeah. great to just relax a little bit, you know, address it sometime in the new year when you know everyone's had a chance to calm down. Yeah, not we're going to wait so... for the dust to settle and yep. make sure the stories come out so we know all the facts. Yep, so we want to do that. So again, F- uh, MP-elect Jeffrey Borman, this was December 16th, 2014, 10.42am. Richard Willingham uh, is the article writer, and this was from theage.com.au. Australian gun laws and registration are ineffectual and failed to prevent the Sydney hostage tragedy. The new Victorian MP has declared. The Shooters and Fishers Party's Jeffrey Borman, who was uh, provisionally elected to the state's upper house on Tuesday morning, said registration of guns was ineffective. He wants a review of gun laws, but declared he was not in Parliament to cause trouble. Most of our gun laws now seem to be aimed at the law abiding, not at criminals, Mr Borman said. He said the current laws failed to prevent the Sydney attack. Registration, as far as I can tell, is actually completely ineffectual. A known criminal got hold of a gun. It's as simple as that. Registration did not prevent that. Mr Borman was one of uh, two shooters in Fisher's parties elected at, to the upper house. If, and, Going on from that, he goes, if someone can prove to me that registration actually does anything, I'll reconsider my opinion. But as far as I can tell, registration of guns does absolutely nothing except create jobs, Mr. Borman said. Of course, you know, the age had to throw in a little quip here at the end saying mm. he was elected to the eastern Victorian region with just 2.5% of the primary vote. Now, I sent Jeff a email last night, would have been what you know probably... 15th or 16th of December, and uh, just congratulating him on a great job uh, for saying those comments. I mean, this is what we've been saying on this show, and it's great to finally hear our pro-gun parties publicly saying, you know, registration, again, does not work. Again, we go on about it all the time, but Canada, New Zealand, need we go on. Uh, Great to hear the SFP. I mean, if Jeff Borman keeps this up, he'll have a lot of uh, friends, uh, not only from this show, but obviously people in Victoria that realise, again, that registration doesn't solve crime. Yeah, Jason, a lot of people weren't, I guess, on social media, weren't too happy with his comments because they thought that, you know, it was inappropriate considering what's happened and uh, you're dancing on the graves of uh, 
victims, we're being like the Greens and so on. And, you know, I'm a little bit on the fence on, on that. I think that in this country there's never going to be a good time to speak talk about, about guns, yeah. talk about guns or gun laws. I mean, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't, really. Yeah. I mean, good on him for saying what he believes. All right, guys, and in a bit of uh, international news, we've probably going about 31 minutes now. Uh, this is interesting. This one was from uh, financetownhall.com. Uh, Michael Shores, I think his name is. Sorry if I didn't get that right. Uh, Vladimir, Vla- Vladimir, Vladimir. Vladimir Putin, Russia. Or Vladimir Putin's Russia. <laughs> Vladimir, get it right, mate. <laughs> Vladimir Putin's Russia adopts concealed carry. Finally. Stop making fun of me. Come on. All right. Previously, Russians were only permitted to own firearms subject to approval for hunting or sporting. But under the new law, they will soon be allowed to carry guns openly or concealed for the purposes of self-defense. And it says, yes, a background check and training will be a prerequisite. It's a great job, Vladimir Putin. Uh, And he goes, and let's face it, having a gun for self-defense is probably not the worst idea in Russia. While America saw its fair share of homicides in 2011, roughly 13,600, Putin's homeland saw far more despite having the population that is almost half of the United States. Russia recorded over 21,000 homicides in the same year. And then the the writer of the article says, wow, so much more believing that gun control actually works. Right, Chicago? Uh, the new laws aim to curb that trend and add to Russia's homeland defense against outside uh, threats. Um, so, you I mean, basically a uh, yep. really uh, good thing. Russia, again, this is what I mean. Everyone around the well, world seems to be talking about it, but yeah. Australians. Well, look, well done, Vladimir Putin. And uh, I made a YouTube video on this, Jason. I, I recognize that Russians actually, believe it or not, enjoy quite a lot of freedoms. They can get semi-autos for hunting. Uh, fireworks, airsoft. I mean, uh, now that Vladimir Putin's approved new laws uh, that which will allow them to uh, carry firearms, concealed carry for self-defense and so on. I mean, the Russians are enjoying freedoms that we can only dream about, really. So, I mean, well done. I certainly wouldn't want to live in Russia. Uh-huh. It's too bloody cold. <laughs> but, you know, good on them. Well done to the Ruskies. Yeah, mate, good on them. Good, fantastic. I mean, you know, again, we, we want uh, more of our organisations talk about this stuff. I mean, even just not even concealed carry, forget that for the moment, even just self-defence. Yeah. You know, obviously we want, we want to get rid of genuine reasons on a licence, you know, licence and, and, and doing a safety course and doing a background track is more than enough. Uh, to go and buy firearms and all this genuine reason crap, which you know we've spoken uh, about before. And just speaking on that self-defence issue, just want to segue to this uh, article uh, by Claudia Fleurs. This is an old article from July 24, uh, 2014, and uh, it's about um, a lady who almost faced a 14-year jail sentence for carrying pepper spray. Now, right. many people... WA. Yeah, WA. Many people don't realise, but pepper spray is legal in WA. So in Western Australia, it says here it's legal for a woman or anyone really to carry pepper spray for self-defence. But in New South Wales, it fails under the same category of offence as carrying... <laughs> it falls into the same category of, <laughs> of offence as carrying nunchucks, bombs, swords and crossbows. <laughs> Watch out for that oh, pepper I spray. I know. Well, I mean, pepper spray is fine in WA and the sky hasn't fallen in WA and the crime rate hasn't all of a sudden shot up, you know, to the stratosphere. And uh, I don't think everyone's pepper spraying each other on the streets. As far as I can tell, last time I was in Perth, everything looked pretty, pretty, uh, pretty nice and, um, I guess, uh, cordial uh, in the streets of WA. So, uh, but uh, there you go. I mean, like uh, pepper spray, no big deal in WA, yet it's, it's still something that's so difficult to attain in other states for just some basic self-defense, even something as non-lethal as pre- pepper spray. 
Yeah, what, what she's looking at is something about 14 years, was it? I mean, I mean, she, I wonder if she must get off. We'll do a bit more research on that one. Yep. But, I mean, even then, well, I think... Well, basically, Jason, she had her pepper spray in a bag. She's travelling from Perth to New South Wales. And uh, she was going to a uh, courtroom, and that's where uh, they found the... the the little uh, oh, can yeah. of pepper spray. And, Watch out uh, for that liquid liquid chili stuff. Because, the, I mean, it was an innocent mistake. She didn't realize it was in her bag still. And uh, obviously, it's up it's up to the, um, the onus is on the owner to know the laws of the state. Yeah. So... Um, but let's be honest, man. I mean, all this hoopla I know. about pepper spray. It's unbelievable, isn't it? I but mean, seriously, totally, t- <laughs> totally, totally ridiculous. I mean, it's... Just out of control. Yeah, well, this is from dailylife.com.au news. Uh, you can check that out. And uh, it's a story titled, I faced a 14-year jail sentence for carrying pepper spray. All right, guys, before we go on to more news, we thought we'd just get into our questions uh, with listeners who, which we said at the start of the show, recorded audio yep. questions and wanted us to play on the show, wanted us to talk about it. Uh, so I guess what we're going to do, actually, is we're going to uh, play the first one uh, from Jim. So here's our first yep. ever, literally. That's right. Uh, I mean, a lot of people have been waiting to on the edge of their seats, Jason, waiting yeah. to hear this. And uh, we're very excited to introduce this new segment to the podcast. And uh, go ahead, Jason. Yeah, so away. here is basically Jim's uh, submission. Yeah, g'day, Jason. I just wanted to send in this voicemail to talk about use of suppressors on long arms. Um, I've been an audiologist for five years, so I deal with hearing loss every day at work and also have to know a thing or two about hearing loss prevention, which is why I want to talk about suppressors. And um, it mainly started two or three years ago. I read, read a report by researchers at Edith Cowan University, which can be seen at the Shooters and Fishers political party website. Uh, if you just type in Edith Cowan report suppressor game council into Google, your listeners can find it. It was a report uh, prepared for the Game Council of New South Wales uh, back in well, 2011 or 2012. Um, when I look back at my studies into workplace health and safety regarding hearing loss, uh, the first option in any case of dangerous noise exposure is to reduce the noise at the source whenever it's practical to do so and not to rely on hearing protection necessarily to solve the problems. And if listeners go to the website where their state government puts up guidelines on noisy work areas, the hierarchy of action for, um, for employers always states to treat the noise at the source first. Uh, if that's not practical, you've got to engineer a solution to isolate the noise, and that's only when all other options are exhausted that you go and rely on hearing protection. Um, and it sort of got me thinking about the case of firearms and suppressors and We've got this accessory called a suppressor, which is illegal and unavailable legally to shooters, and that uh, shooters are seen as some sort of special breed that don't fall inside the common sense guidelines that the states recommend for all their workplaces. Um, you know, protection that I'm aware of are the foam-style protectors that you see at work sites. Um, there's also Peltor-style earmuffs and custom hearsaver plugs, which are moulded to your ears but at an extra cost. And there's also the electronic muffs you might see down at the range where sound comes through unaltered, but a loud sound will shut it down. Um, the disadvantage for hunters in using these types of hearing protection is a lot of the high-frequency content uh, in the environment is reduced, and therefore the hunter can't pick up twig snapping or slight movements. And I believe there's an element of danger as well in that um, if there's a couple of hunters out and about, you want to be exactly aware of the whereabouts of your mate by hearing them so a tragic accident doesn't occur. And um, although the electronic muffs sound pretty good, they operate 
in what's called an omnidirectional pattern. So no matter which direction the sound is coming from, the, it's likely going to sound the same uh, after it's passed through the earmuff. So you can't really tell the direction in which that twig snapping came from as effectively as with your ears alone. And obviously with any kind of earmuff, you've also got to alter how your cheek sits on the stock in a lot of, in a lot of cases. And I just think we've got a perfect solution to this problem of hearing loss through, uh, due to firearms exposure with suppressors. And I don't think New Zealanders are any more likely to become lethal assassins than Australians just because they've seen the advantage of using the suppressors uh, for firearms users. And it just baffles me that they're illegal, really, because um, they could have a positive difference for hearing loss. But um, it's just deemed that they're too dangerous for that farmer out in Inverell or Baraba or wherever to have one because he's going to transform into a movie villain. Um, through this inanimate object and anyway just thought i'd open that up for discussion really enjoy the podcast been listening since 2012 uh keep up the good work yeah so you just heard uh from jim which is really really awesome i just wanted to thank jim i mean been listening since uh 2012 so mate really really appreciate uh, your support um and certainly a fantastic question i know muzz i can see the look on his face he's itching (laughs) <laughs> to take over this question, so I'll let him go first. Yes, Jim, good on you, mate. Thank you very much for your submission. Excellent. Now, one of the key things that you mentioned there is that um, when it comes to gun laws, it really does not conform to any common sense guidelines in terms of OH&S and so on. Yeah. And spot on, mate. You just nailed the right there. There's absolutely nothing common sense about our gun laws whatsoever. So I don't expect the suppressors to meet any kind of common sense guidelines in the future. Uh, but hopefully uh, that will change. So anyway, but hearing protection, uh, when you wear hearing protection, it reduces the high frequency, some of the high frequency noise that you would hear and absolutely spot on, mate. Uh, you'll get no arguments from me and Jason. Uh, suppressors are legal and commonly used in New Zealand, UK and the US. I mean, even the UK being probably one of the most yeah. you know, anti-gun uh, countries in the backwards world. in firearms laws yeah. anywhere. Yeah. Um, they've still actually got semi-automatic shotguns for their, you know, their yeah. pigeon shooting, their pump shotguns. Still got suppressors. Yep. New Zealand, yep. Canada, USA. I mean, need we go any further? I mean, it's totally yep. ridiculous. I mean, I know this from a fact. Jim, because when I go out in the, on, on the ducks in November, I mean, I have to wear, I've got those little injected, they're orange little injected ear mm. molds, which a lady made for me. They've got like a little uh, steel thing in there. So when it gets above, I think, 60 decibels, uh, they just clap out yeah. like that straight away. Uh, not too bad. When it's windy, you can hear the wind going for, you know, through the side of them, going through the hearing part, which kind of sucks. Um, and yeah, and sometimes if you go out in the bush, I mean, people, people are hunting deer or goats and that sort of thing. Some people just don't wear any hearing protection at all. But you are, man, again, 100% right. When you're walking around, can be a major issue. Yep. You know, not knowing where people are, uh, having that lack of hearing around you, knowing where your friends are. Mate, I've even heard uh, certain organizations saying, oh, you know, put a put a registration on it, put a stamp it with a registration and register them. Well, I mean, what's that going to I mean? Realistically, any normal person or any fitter yeah. and turner can make a cylinder and put baffles in it. It's not really, you know, the most, know. Uh, you know, 21st century tech-savvy invention, the old muzzle brake, mate. And certainly when going out to ranges, because when we go to ranges, yep. um, you know, they go, oh, too much noise, too much noise. The, the, well, give us the suppressors that we require, yep. which would, again, cut down a lot of that noise pollution. Also, Jason, you know, in state forests, when you go hunting, a lot of the locals who live near there, they complain about the gunshots, the noise, yep. and so on. I mean, a lot of this stuff can be eliminated. 
like I said before, New Zealand, UK and the US, no problem at all. Suppressors, it's not a big deal, especially in other, like, uh, you know, countries like New Zealand, they're not so much different to us. And, you know, yeah. it's don't not... forget, you might become like, the hitman, <laughs> the bald-headed hitman from, of that, from that video game or the one from the the movies. Uh, who, who played that? I can't even remember his name. Um, you know... We're yeah. not, we're not going to be calm. Like exactly. people think you're going to walk upstairs. Like you have a two story house. I'm going to cap someone upstairs, and you're not going to hear it from downstairs. Well, I mean, there's this there's this assumption that it's a silencer that it silences the bullet completely, which is just totally not true. Yeah, uh, it reduces that that frequency that can really do some damage to your yeah. ears. Just and takes out that. I've been over to America, and my friend had one when he was over there, mm. and he was shooting a three hour weight, and it's still like bang, but it just takes that really loud yeah. crack out of it. That really, exactly. you know, that you know, when you go and you hear it all around the bloody mountain range, you know what I mean? Well, Jason, I really hope that uh, our political parties can recognise this, and uh, I guess the message needs to be pushed uh, more and more and more uh, at every opportunity by parties like the SFP, LDP, and uh, Country Alliance. Uh, throughout the states and throughout yeah. the entire country and even federally. Um, uh, I know Senator David Lionhelm's a big supporter of this stuff as well. Yeah. So uh, it just the message just needs to be pumped more and more into the government, just yeah. let them know, and use real-world examples that we got already in New Zealand, yeah. UK. I know I mean, the SFP is a big supporter too, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, talking to them, it, you know, obviously suppresses as well. I mean, let's be honest, it's a, it's a basic item. Yeah. You know, and it's going to help. People aren't just going to run running around the streets with their rifles. Uh, starting to kill people. I mean, again, it's like we just talked about uh, the pepper spray. People, yeah. just, you know, we give people pepper spray. They're just going to start running around spraying people. Well, it just doesn't happen. We know it doesn't happen. I don't think it needs even needs to be registered. I mean, it's such a basic item. Any well, decent fitter and turner can make one. I so know. available freely in any sports shop in yeah. um, New Caledonia, as I recently found out when I went yeah. there. But Jim, thank you very much for your comments. Good yep. on you, mate. We're right with you. We 100% agree with everything you say. It's common sense, and we hope someday that our politicians see that common sense as well. Yep. Thanks, mate. And if you ever need another question, something else you want to discuss, mate, absolutely, please you know, send in another uh, audio voice message. We'd love to hear from you again. Thanks for your support since 2012. We're going to go on to uh, our next question. All right, guys, here's the submission, our second uh, audio voicemail from Caleb McMahon. How you going, Jason Muzz? Guys, love the podcast. Love what you're doing for our sport, our way of life. Um, been a fan since I stumbled across it about a year ago. Got a few of my mates to start listening, and they all think it's top stuff, so keep it up, guys. But without further ado, mate, off to my questions. First of all, I own a Rossi Circuit Judge. Perfectly legal, category A firearm here in Queensland. Now, mate, am I allowed to take this to my uncle's farm in New South Wales to help him out with his rabbit problem? I've rung two police officers from New South Wales and both have given me conflicting reports. Um, obviously, they don't know what's going on, so can you guys shed a bit of light on this? It'd be much appreciated. Second of all, I saw um, Michael put up on the Facebook page a while back to join up with the Shooters and Fishers Party. Now, look, I love what they're doing on the shooting sport, but this fishing tax, mate, I think it's total bullshit. Why should I have to pay for something that I should be able to enjoy for free. When you interviewed him on your earlier podcast, he raised a couple of issues. Well, mate, none of them held any credibility as far as I'm concerned. Um, can you guys confirm that if we got him in in Queensland, would they want to charge us a fishing tax? Because if that's the case, mate, I'd probably rather vote for the Greens. Okay, maybe that's a bit harsh, maybe Labor. 
But anyway, guys, thanks Eves for your help, and um, look forward to hearing back from you. Cheers. All right, guys. Yeah, Caleb, mate. I know you've been. I think you've emailed me a couple of times. Donated to the show. Really, really top, mate. <laughs> mate we had a good chuckle at the message. Just, mate. Uh. We, mate yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but you know what, guys? Listen, I've got to tell you, this is fair income message. It's not a stitch up. Okay? Yeah, it's not yeah. a stitch up. Caleb, Caleb is being fair income. Yeah, he's, he emails me, been a big uh, uh, listener to the show, um, donated to the show. And I think even Caleb, I'm pretty sure, Caleb, let me know if I'm wrong. You're the guy that he puts it in his um, his head, uh, what do you call it, a hard hat helmet when he's on site and puts it on speaker and listens to the show, <laughs> mate. That, I tell you, guys, is dedicated listener. So, mate, first off, uh, Rocky Rossi Circuit Judge. Me and Muzz have spoken a bit about the show before. Yeah. You know this. Yep. Uh, Rossi Circuit Judge. Apparently, it's a, you know, it's a baby killer here in New South Wales. You can't own it. <laughs> if you do bring it over the border, you're I instant, have sent it. You instantly turn into a criminal. Yeah, I have sent a message off to to the firearms registry uh nothing back as of this stage mate but i'm pretty sure and you probably would be guessing the same thing that uh it's illegal to bring over the border uh into australia can't do it which you know pretty sucks because i think um one of our friends aussie reviews uh has put a review up of the rossi circuit judge i mean it looks like it was like a bloody pistol rifle you know what i mean fantastic no different categories category b i think or a or b well i think the 22 magnums category a and you've got the 44 and the 45 i think which is category yep. b but anyway jason uh don't worry about bringing it overboard into Australia, mate, like you said. Bring it overboard into New South Wales first. <laughs> but, um, Caleb, mate, thanks very much for your uh, question. Absolutely, if you do bring your Rossi Circuit Judge to New South Wales, you being the gun owner, the, the license holder, are responsible for knowing the laws of that particular state where you're bringing the guns in. So um, the Rossi Circuit Judge definitely is not allowed in New South Wales. I can tell you that without a doubt. Uh, some police officers may say yes, some may say no. We cannot expect our police officers to know the laws to the letter. They, they have to keep an eye on a whole heap of laws, and that's understandable how that mistake can be made. But I can guarantee you that uh, uh, if you do bring it to New South Wales and you get uh, pulled over by a police officer, uh, if the police officer knows that uh, it is definitely not allowed in the state, he may question you, and if you show him your Queensland license, then the result will be he will either say, mate, I'm sorry, this is not allowed. Um, I'm going to have to write up a report, or uh, I don't know what the punishment is, to be honest. Or he might say, mate, uh, if he catches you on the way going back to the state, he might let you off. But uh, definitely, I can tell you that Rossi Circuit Judge, if you're in, living in Queensland, and if you plan to go hunting New South Wales, leave your Rossi Circuit Judge at home. Yeah, That is my advice. Just bring um, something else, I mean. Yeah, you know. bring something else that you Not know that we, is definitely... We think you should be able to bring the Rossi circuit yeah. charge. Don't get us wrong. It's just the stupidest thing I've ever seen. And again, I've written to Mike Gallagher, who was the police minister in New South Wales, saying, well, why can't we have it? I mean, you never hear from these guys. I wrote, I wrote, to, wrote to Michael Gallagher probably eight times yep. and got one... I, w I really wouldn't even call it a response, nah. to be honest. And then all of a sudden, boom, Mike Gulliger stepped down for alleged, you know, taking donations uh, from, you know, certain uh, entities, you know, yep. that, that weren't, yeah, again, this is all alleged at the alleged, moment. Alleged. But I mean, right now, have you heard anything from Mike Gulliger for the last, what, nah. six months? Not at all. Mm. Not a whisper. So, but anyway, getting on to, sorry, Mars wants to add one more thing. Well, we haven't addressed the second part of his question, sorry. Jason. Oh, uh, my the bad. The fishing license, the fishing yeah, license. No, I, I, okay. was I was getting there. Okay. I was getting there. <laughs> All right. Me. So, the question is uh, if you vote and support the SFP in uh, 
Queensland, um, will they introduce a fishing license or fishing tax, as me and Jason affectionately like to call it? Uh, well, I'm going to let Jason take this away. You guys know how we feel about it, and I think Queenslanders are very lucky. Uh, you still own the water. It still belongs to you. No one can stop you from using it, from fishing, which is great. You don't have to pay a fee or go get yourself registered for anything or anything like that. Fantastic, and I urge all you Queenslanders to make sure it stays that way. Yeah. Keep your freedoms. You don't let... own the water. That's right. Government doesn't. We've seen here in New South Wales, guys. I mean, John Robertson, a leader of the Labor Party, yep. wants to make it in mean, the whole of Sydney Harbour and Marine Park, Marine obviously, Park, and there'll yeah, be specific yeah. sanctuary zones where you can't fish. How big are these sanctuary zones going to be? I mean, it doesn't need to be me a Marine Park in Sydney. Anyway, Carl, to address that second part of your question, I um, emailed your uh, audio to David Curlis. Uh, Dave Curlis is the Queensland uh, Branch Shooters and Fishers Party, so he's you know, obviously going to be running up there at the next election. Uh, which is it 2015 for Queensland? I'm not sure. Not sure. Anyway, yes. he says, uh, Hi, Jason, in reply to Carla's question, uh, could you please pass on the official answer? Thank you. Uh, the Queensland Branch of SFP would not, in capital letters, support the introduction of a fishing license slash tax in Queensland. So, I mean, he says if... You're hesitating with anything. You want to find out whether they, you know, like to implement, you know, like a, a fishing game board, etc. Um, then Dave said he's more than happy to uh, answer one of your questions. And uh, his uh, email is uh, D. So D for David Curlis, C U R L E S S. So D Curlis at sfp.org.au. A-U. Uh, yeah, write to him if you want to find out more details. He's, he's happy to obviously take your questions. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it for Kayla's question, yeah. Also, uh, to everyone who doesn't know, uh, the political situation in Queensland is quite different. There's no upper house. Yep. It's just a lower house. So um, it's going to be, well, I certainly hope it can happen, but it's going to be pretty hard to elect a, a member in the lower house uh, from a minor party. Um, I would recommend all Queenslanders, if you consider voting for SFP, great. But also at the same time, I will lobby uh, the current people in power and make yep. sure you let them know that uh, you have you have no desire to uh, have any kind of uh, hurdle put in front of your fishing, uh, recre- recreational fishing, to have any kind of license whatsoever, any system. Because I'm telling you now, guys, once the government get their hands on your money, it's near yeah. impossible to pry their hands off it. Yeah, you can't get their little uh, hands or their faces, their, you know, their snouts out of the trough, <laughs> you know, the trough of money. And we've seen that in New South Wales. And as I said before, John Robertson here in New South Wales, our leader of the Labor Party here in New South Wales, I mean, this is what he wants to do, knowing we're paying, what, 15, 16, 17 million bucks a year. Yeah, I, I, I heard it was up to 20 million a year. Well, could be, could be. Yeah, and this is what he wants to do. He doesn't care he's getting $20 million you know, of your money, which is apparently goes back to all these extra mm. things. But all he wants to do is uh, restrict your fishing rights. So, I mean, we're I paying all this money to the government and they want to still restrict my rights. Why? Yeah, I mean, they, again, they, they still treat you like dirt. Yeah, and me and Muzz have said before, this this uh, fishing license, in effect, uh, puts the, well, how would you put it, Muzz, the, the average once or twice a year fisherman yeah. out of business, basically. You know what Absolutely. I mean? Absolutely. It just makes it uneconomical and just... Uh, Basically, it takes the fun out of it. I mean, yeah. really. Uh, Take your kids if you're, down. If you're the guy who fishes recreationally two, three times a year, I mean, all, you, all you're doing is just looking over your shoulder for an inspector. It just takes the fun out of it. So Queensland is well done. Yeah. You still own the water. Excellent stuff there. And the SFP confirming they will, they will not be supporting 
a fishing license in Queensland. Yep. So again, Carter, mate, thanks very much. We know you're a loyal listener. Truly, truly appreciate your input. Again, same thing. If you've got any more questions, mate, please put them in on the voicemail uh, message. We love answering these questions. It gives people, again, a point to be part of this show, which we, we always think is really important. Instead of hearing you know me and Muzz gab on a lot, um, we want to get people part of the show. So thanks very much, Caleb. All right, guys, you just heard another question we have from Barry uh, Stevenson, who is mentioning crows. Hello, my name is Barry Stevenson, and um, my question to the group is, uh, do people hunting crows find the ghillie suit method of camouflage um, workable, or are the crows too smart and they recognize that that's an unusual pattern in the environment and stay away from it um my uh email address is bstevenson45 at yahoo.com and stevenson is spelt with a ph not a v thank you very very good question um this one a lot of you guys might remember i actually interviewed bob aronson huge crow hunter Mm. uh, out of the united states when last time i checked with bob I mean, it was 140-something thousand crows in his lifetime. I mean, I mean, shot himself. He even has one of those little counters, you know, those little counters, click counters, and how many he shoots in a day. Um, but again, I wanted to give my experience before, uh, before I actually tell you what I had a chat with Bob about. But I was down on the Riverina. Uh, we go down to the rice fields every year. Again, don't forget, uh, west of the Great Dividing Range, uh, galahs, sulfur-crested cockatoos, mm and crows or, or corvids, ravens, whatever you want to call them, are not protected in those agricultural areas. Yep. Now, I was on a property. Um, we set up a blind. Uh, obviously, there were some crows coming over. Now, crows were literally at some stages flying. We, we got a few decoys, our crow mm. decoys. They were literally flying above our blind, had no idea we were there. This is one of those little fold-out blinds, like a square. Uh, yep. Me and my mate cut the uh, top off it. Uh, and used it as well. Uh, we've been using it for quite some time, and the crows honestly didn't have any cl- any clue that we were actually there uh, until we were basically right on top of them, obviously then, you know, uh, being dispatched uh, from there. So I'd definitely recommend using a blind because we did go back a couple of days later, and we thought, oh, we can't really be bothered getting out the bloody blind. Let's just sit in our chairs. Uh, no crows came anywhere near us. So again, yeah. crows, I mean, really, they are, if you can even listen to episode five with Bob Aronson, crows are one of the most, literally, one of the smartest yeah, animals on very, the planet. You shoot a couple of them, they fall to the ground, they're not going to come anywhere near you. So pick yeah. up your dead ones, keep your decoys there, keep yourself camouflaged up. I would use a, uh, if you want to use a ghillie suit, that may work, but again, they can even pick up just the flash off your gun. You know, yep. They know the MO, they know the situation. Once they've shot a few, they know the situation. So um, certainly have your calls, certainly have a blind if you can get your hands on one. There's plenty out there you can yep. shop you know, with local Australian distributors or you can go overseas and find some uh, blinds as well. Uh, certainly some uh, uh, good ideas out there. And, uh, and again, talking to Bob, he said his preference is to use a blind. Again, setting it up with uh, branches. Uh, around it if you've got but yeah because don't forget over there sometimes in those areas they've got a really high concentration of crows yeah uh, i know he used an electronic game call as well uh which i think you know it does help as well but again crows are a little bit different over there than here we've got ravens corvids ravens so 
Um, again, Barry, listen to episode five, Bob Aronson, Hunting Crows with Bob Aronson, and he, he can definitely give you uh, more information. That was a great show that Bob was able to share with us. Muzz had something there too. Yeah, Barry, thanks very much for your question. Definitely uh, more camouflage is better. Uh, blinds and uh, all types of camo that you can get. Uh, also, uh, I would be using a fully camoed shotgun. Yeah, um, and, f- and if you want, maybe not face paint, but something definitely to cover your face. Yeah, uh, I noticed on the duck fields when I was sitting behind the uh, uh, the, the the soil walls uh, of the rice fields. I mean, we'd have ducks come straight in and then they just flare off. I'm thinking, yep. yeah, they sink, but the sun was in our face, big white faces. Silly. Once we started pulling out the blind, we didn't have much more success, but the sets that did come in completely just uh, decoyed hard yep. uh, into the decoy. So it just goes to show what camouflage, you know, face paint or having some one of those little, uh, what do you call those things that you put on your face when you go fishing? I've got them. I can't remember what they're called. Oh, like a uh, net? Yeah, like a face net similar yep. or um, whatever. That you, oh, head sock. Like basically a head sock you can yep. put in different positions, covers your net, covers your face. You can get camo ones from like BCF, uh, great things. So definitely you can't have more camo. And movement, guys, no movement yeah, whatsoever absolutely. i mean crows are very clever animals yeah um one of the smartest birds like jason said in the world and uh, the more camouflage you use the better and uh also like jason said before when you shoot them pick up the dead ones straight away because yep. they won't go near you no true anyway thanks barry for your question again listen to episode five with bob aronson you'll get a lot out of it thank you again hope you keep listening to the show i was going to go to a quick break again guys we'll be right back don't go anywhere g'day I'm Robert Brown from the Shooters and Fishers Party, and you're listening to the Australian Hunting Podcast. You know, I've seen a lot of political parties promise support for Shooters and Fishers over the years, but the only party who has actually delivered for these groups, you guessed it, it's the Shooters and Fishers Party. We've been going toe-to-toe with the Greens and the gun grabbers for the last 20 years, and we're not going to stop. We've got too much to fight for, but we need your support. In March 2015, we have our best chance ever to elect a third Shooters and Fishers Party member to the New South Wales Parliament. To register your support, please visit www.sfp2015.org.au. I'll repeat that, www.sfp2015.org.au. Hey, Mars, did you know there's a place in New South Wales that gun owners, hunters and sporting shooters are very familiar with? Of course, Jason, that place is Horsley Park Gun Shop. That's because they've been around for 30 years and have built a reputation for being the best in the business. They have an extensive range of firearms, ammunition, gun safes, optics and accessories for all your hunting and shooting requirements. And did you know, Jason, they always have bulk ammo specials? Absolutely. The friendly staff at Horsley Park Gun Shop are always there to help you and give you the best advice. Horsley Park Gun Shop are open Monday to Saturday and you can find them on the internet at hpgs.com.au. Come and talk to the team at Horsley Park Gun Shop at 1848 Horsley Road, Horsley Park or call them on 9620 13 13. All right, guys, now we've got some uh, local news. Now, this is good and bad from Tasmania, and this is from the Mercury by Bruce Munster from November 27th, uh, 2014. Now, the headline is, Tasmanian government set to legalise paintball as part of changes to Firearms Act. Hooray, Jason. Yes, (laughs) good stuff, good stuff. Unbelievable. I mean, Tassie, well done, guys. I mean, they're they're set to legalise paintball soon. They haven't done it yet, so don't. 
let's not uh, crack open the champagne yet, uh, but uh, they're, they're looking like they will. And the story goes on to say, the state government will move to legalise commercial paintball as part of proposed amendments to Tasmania's Firearms Act. Police and Emergency Management Minister Rene Hitting said the change to be considered by Parliament in March next year would bring Tasmania into line with other Australian states. Hallelujah. The move is sure to be welcomed by fans of the military-style combat game. Hobart man Tom Shacklecloth. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> what is that? Shacklecloth, sorry. <laughs> you, hang on, hang on. Oh, how do you spell it? S-H-A-C-K-C-L-O-T-H. Sorry, Tom, if I've said that incorrectly. You um, bad man. <laughs> uh, Tom said uh, who spent 10 years working for paintball operators in the United Kingdom and Sydney has ambitions to start his own business in southern Tasmania. Well, there you go. We've got the economy moving just by changing one idiotic law. Fantastic. So now, but there's uh, also a little bit of mixed feelings with, with uh, other parts of this story, Jason. Uh, the government also intends to reduce the minimum age to be allowed to discharge a firearm from 16 to 15. Will he? <laughs> oh, one year. Look out, one year. Oh my goodness! I mean, like, when supervised discharge a firearm when supervised by a firearm license holder as part of his firearm laws update, Tasmania's adjusted age will remain the highest age for supervised juniors in Australia. Mister Hitting said. I mean, can't they just? For God's sakes, can't they just get in line with the rest of the country and bring it down to 12? They're for God's shooting sake, little paintballs. It's just unbelievable, these guys. From, from 16 to 15. Can you believe this? I mean, what? what Unbelievable. Stupid, it's just isn't crazy, it? isn't it? Anyway, it goes on to say, Mr. Hitting also promised, listen to this, a stronger deterrent against firearms-related burglaries. Measures include... Tougher storage requirements for all firearms and increased penalties, including a three-month mandatory term of imprisonment for possession of a stolen firearm. Well, I'm a bit concerned about these tougher storage requirements, Jason. I think we've already got tough enough requirements, really, in every every state. And uh, I don't know what that's going to mean uh, for all you gun owners in Tasmania. So a bit of, uh, I guess, mixed feelings there. Great news on the paintball front. Uh, not so great news on the storage requirements. So that's some of the local news, Jason. Yeah, I mean, what well on Tasmania, you know, getting in line with the rest of the states as usual. I think we interviewed uh, a couple of guys, Mike and Adam from Action Paintball. Uh, it's here in Sydney, and you know they support all that stuff. Again, getting it into multiple states as well, which is really, really awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm really supportive. Again, like I said, Muzz said, it's just a paintball. I mean, shooting out of a smoothbore rifle. I mean, I just can't even believe why airsoft's not legal again. But we've spoken about that. Um, anything else to talk about? Any new more articles? Yeah, this is just is just in relation to that story, Jason. This is back from November the third. Shooters want age limit lifted from the examiner. This is by Alexandra Humphreys and Tasmanian Sporting Shooter Association President Andrew Judd believes the age limit for minor firearms licenses should be lifted entirely. The move will allow juniors to shoot under the guidance of a licensed firearms owner. If someone is under the guidance of a licensed firearm owner, they don't have unrestricted access to firearms and they're being taught safe and responsible handling. As such, Mr Judd said, absolute common sense. And here you go, you've got a story they're saying they're going to they're gonna lower it from 16 to 15. Oh, out. Look out. out, those progressive uh, Tasmanians down there. Oh, jeez. Heaven forbid they went to 14. 
Um, then he also goes on to say, also, it's a recognized sport. It's part of the Olympics. As in any sport, we would like to see juniors get into it at the youngest age possible. Absolutely. I mean, why can't the politicians see this common sense? Are they completely bereft of any common sense down there in T- Tasmania? I mean, they're the last state really to legalize, or well, apparently not legalize yet, but hopefully they will, uh, paintball, uh, really, which is a popular recreational sport throughout the country. And, oh, well, let's lower the limit from 16 to 15. Give me a break, Jason. That's all right. I mean, any, anything with uh, restrictions that are lifted a bit lower is always a good thing anyway. Yeah, so, it is. It yeah. is. But, uh, look, slow, it's, as they it's say, just a little slow bit... Slow and steady. Well, slow and steady, I know, but... I don't like slow and steady. I, <laughs> not no. from 16 to 15. No, Come no. on. Every other state is, what, I think 12? Yeah. I mean, why can't they just get in line with the rest of the world? Yeah. Jeez. Anyway, another good article there as well. All right, guys, another one, really good news. Um, a lot of you guys know before uh, we had HuntFest on as our sponsor, which I hope we'll have again next year before the HuntFest, which is down in Naruma. Now, we know Naruma the first couple of years wasn't selling firearms, so they put an application to council to be able to sell firearms. Have a little, I think it's an, a bow and arrow, an air pistol range or an air sorry, air, air yep. rifle range down there, um, which is one of those little caravan things, little mobile range. Uh, this one is from abc.net.au, 1st of December 2014. Naruma Huntfest Battleground Over Gun Culture by Bill Brown. The gun compulsion debate ignited again this week with the Yoruba Dallas Shire Council voting to allow the sale of firearms at next year's Naruma Huntfest. Well done, Dan Field and the guys down there at Hunfest. Hunters say they're responsible people who engage in a sport that's highly regulated. They say the Greens' agenda is driving opposition to Hunfest. Opponents of Hunfest say they are concerned about the growth of the gun culture in Australia. Then it says the first Hunfest held over the June long weekend this year has been approved to operate as a showcase for firearms, informational hunting, and as a photographic event. Huntfest organisers have since applied to the Yurubadala Shire Council to support an amendment to the festival's firearms permit that will allow the sale of firearms at the next festival in 2015. Fantastic. The application was passed on the 25th of November by a majority of five to two. The five councils that voted for it feel very strongly that it was a council facility involved in illegal activity and all safeguards and necessary permits had been retained and regarded. Yurubadala Shire Council Deputy Mayor Rob Pollock told the ABC Radio. Uh, Huntfest, just to reiterate, Huntfest is like an exhibition show. They have, you know, well, they, yeah, they will have firearms, but you go down, they're very similar to the shot show type of feel. Yep. Uh, and down it's in growing Roma. every year. Growing every year. I mean, we advertised from last year, which was fantastic. I mean, they filled out every single booth. Like, mm. as far as Dan Tom, I think Dan Tom was like triple fold in uh, the yep. amount of uh, presenters and exhibitions that went down there last year. So, uh, Huntfest organised estimate this year's festival attracted roughly 2,300 people and it's roughly worth about nine hundred thousand uh, dollars to yeah. that local community and again like i said Huntfest are bringing people into uh the room and the yurubadala shire whereas the greens are just trying to drive people out thinking they own the place we don't want this here uh we own it and we don't want anyone else in here um to finish off one bit here it says what the council has done is enabled the increase to the availability of guns into the community it's quite extraordinary said peter a talkback caller of abc radio <laughs> uh, who said he had been at the council meeting and then he starts talking about specific acts about they've got a now this not even worth reading to oh, be honest just, um, those muppets are best avoided listening to but jason fantastic win for common sense well done to all you guys who lobbied the council for this. To all yeah. you guys at Huntfest, uh, we're great supporters of you guys, and you you know that you've supported us as well. Fantastic news, and I certainly hope yeah. that Huntfest grows. 
uh, in strength and uh, becomes a, a major draw card to that area. Great stuff, Jason. Yeah. Excellent, excellent news. Yep. Now, I said, people with firearms now is going to be great. Going to be a sell. Going to get a lot more people down there, hopefully, this year. I mean, again, hopefully, they're going to have to knock exhibitioners back for stalls uh, yeah. this year, especially if they're able to sell uh, or just firearms. add more stores. <laughs> or just add more stores. Exactly right. So, again, good news for Huntfest, guys. Glad to support you guys for supporting us. All right, Muzz has got one new one here. This one's about uh, the African. You know, a lot of guys on the show, Greg Hunt, we've been talking about uh, African lions, kiss all this canned hunting crap. Muzz has got a really good, interesting one there about uh, uh, African lions. Take it away, good sir. Yeah, this is uh, from firstforhunters.wordpress.com. Uh, okay, first for hunters, FWS rejects attempts to stop lion hunting. A major setback for anti-hunting efforts. Excellent news for us. This is international news, guys, from Washington, D.C. Today, the U.S. Fish and Wildlife uh, Service, that's uh, the FWS, rejected the claim that the African lion merited listing as an endangered species under the Endangered Species Act after a long and comprehensive review of the species status, which included information from the foremost lion, lion researchers in the world. The FWS concluded that the African lion simply is not on the brink of extinction and did not merit listing as an endangered species. Uh, so there, uh, the FWS concluded uh, sport hunting was not found to be a threat to the species at this time, this conclusion is a blow to the anti-hunting rhetoric put forward <laughs> by organizations such as Humane Society of the United States and International Fund of Animal Welfare and blah, blah, or a whole bunch of other useless organizations. The FWS conclusion <laughs> contradicted the assertions made by these anti-hunting organizations in the petition they filed with the FWS to have the lion listed as endangered. Um, so yeah, Jason, fantastic news. I mean, and pretty much confirms everything we've known. When uh, when the hunting is regulated in these countries, and uh, you have uh, game parks, and you have people allowed to make a living from this, the animal thrives. It yep. thrives, and uh, uh, people are still enjoying lion hunting, which is great. I mean, some of you guys may think, oh, I wouldn't want to shoot a lion and all that, but you know, horses for courses, each to their own. Some people love it, some people yep. don't. Uh, but any win like this is a great is great news for pro uh, pro gun pro hunting hunting uh, issues. So yeah, fantastic stuff there from Washington DC. Uh, you know, on previous shows we've been talking about Gun Control Australia, also about the Senate inquiry into banning handguns. Now we saw Senator uh, McKenzie, uh, who's a national from Victoria. Very, very good stuff, asking some very hard questions. If you go on my YouTube channel, Aussie Feral Control, uh, I put up some of those uh, videos of uh, Senator McKenzie asking, I think it was the uh, Institute of Criminology, uh, about illegal firearms, and uh, only six were stolen out of 48,000, yet they never had any finance or funding for the illicit importation of those illegal firearms as part of uh, that inquiry, uh, which Senator McKenzie absolutely hammered uh, the, uh, the Institute of Criminology mm. and also, yep. same with Lionhelm, the, uh, what was the one in Victoria, in, in um, Canberra, uh, the Attorney General's Department, Attorney, which yep. I've uh, dealt with several times. Now, about Gun Control Australia, we know that was, I think, Roland Brown, and Gun Control Australia gets the smackdown by Senator McKenzie. Smackdown. Senator McKenzie says, thank you so much in reading your submission. I'm wondering about the evidentiary basis upon which you make quite wide sweeping claims about the banning of handguns. It is almost the assumption that it is more guns we have, pistols or long arms in the community by licensed law-abiding sporting shooters and hunters and indeed farmers is automatically going to lead 
to an increase in gun violence, when in actual fact the evidence that we have is thus far within our committee, the vast majority of submissions to the committee simply do not back up that, Mr. Brown. When I read your submission, it is strong on rhetoric and very short on actual factual evidence. Could you provide the committee with the evidentiary basis on which you make your claims? Mr. Brown says, firstly, the firearms lobby in Australia is well-resourced. <laughs> Clearly, he's not. Uh, <laughs> they have their own researchers, which come to the conclusion that the 1996 reforms have been unsuccessful. Uh, the changes in the types of guns that are available in Australia, it is said, have made no difference to the gun death rates, gun suicide rates, and the like. Senator McKenzie, with respect, Mr. Brown, it is not any gun lobby evidence that we have heard. It was the New South Wales Police and the Victorian Police evidence, which actually backs up what we are saying. <laughs> Out of 48,000 handguns, six of them were stolen, and we cannot be sure about how many of those actually ended up being used in gun-related violence. So the number is actually from the police departments, both in New South Wales and Victoria, and simply do not back up your claim. It is not the gun lobby. I just Bang. wanted to make sure you are focusing not on the gun lobby, but on the police force's evidence. Oh, uh, that good was one, Jace. That's parlinfo.aph.gov.au. You can find them. It's not hard to find. Again, you can just basically go on uh, the website and find it. You know, I think that one was actually, that was the Sydney one. I'm pretty sure, yeah, that was the Sydney yep. one. Pretty sure. Because yep. um, the ones we put up on YouTube were the Canberra ACT Senate Inquiry, which was uh, Dr. John Lott, um, the yep. Institute of Criminology, the Attorney General's Department, um, and a few others, which you know, where I didn't really. Well, we had a lot of people at that Senate inquiry, Jason, speak uh, uh, on on our behalf, defending our rights, defending our freedoms. The double S double A, Jeff Jones. We had uh, people there from um, Tim Bannister, double S double A. There was certainly David Linehorn from the Liberal Democrats, Peter Whelan yeah. from the Liberal Democrats, yeah. and Peter. Uh, sorry, David Linehorn was on the. I was a committee, but he was there with yep. um, the, the the Greens goober and Bridget yep. McKenzie and asked uh, some very, very hard questions. Yep. Uh, again, if you go on YouTube, Aussie Federal Control, you can just type in uh, Senate Inquiry into Banning Handguns, uh, the Institute of Criminology and the Attorney Generals, and you'll hear exactly what they had to say. And some of the stuff, they're actually asking some hard questions. They really couldn't answer them, which was quite yep. good from you know someone that I thought before, Bridget McKenzie, may not have been you know massively pro-gun, maybe not against them, but you know, speaking out and really give them a good a good tongue lashing. You know, also, Jason, the guys from Shooters Union, I forgot to mention them. Um, they were there at the inquiry too, and uh, their opening statements were just brilliant. Defending our rights, uh, defending our freedoms, fantastic. And I've got to just in segue to that, Jason, the, I've got the double S double A National E newsletter. Now, if you guys haven't signed up for this newsletter yet, please sign up. If you're a member of the double S double A, Give them your email address so you can get this newsletter. If you're not a member, become a member. So there you go. Uh, Senate inquiry, reporting date postponed. This is the recent e-newsletter. The release of the report and recommendations from the Greens-led Senate inquiry into gun-related violence in the community has been postponed. Again, the committee was due to hand down its report in October and then December following public hearings in Melbourne, Sydney and the final hearing in Canberra, but will now... Wait until March 26th. So we're going to have to wait till March 26th to see the results of that, Jason. I'll be very surprised if they um, come out saying that we need to ban or restrict anything uh, based mm-hmm. on some of the things we've uh, been listening to in the Senate inquiry, yeah. which was... Uh, because they never did. The Institute of Criminology never yep. had any funding to look at anything other than stolen firearms from law-abiding firearms owners, meaning you know, only six of 48,000 were stolen. And then Bridget McKenzie actually says in the grand scheme of things, there's nothing. 
Yep. In and the once again, scheme, Jason, it just shows you how important it is for the average Joe out there to get involved because there was something like 400-plus submissions, pro, yep. pro-gun submissions yep. to this inquiry and fantastic result. I mean, really, I, I was really hoping we could get at least 1,000 out of 800, close to 800,000 gun owners in the country. We can get at least 1,000 submissions, pro-gun submissions, to absolutely trump anything the anti-gunners could offer. And hopefully next time if there is, or hopefully there will be no more inquiries, but if there is, We'll get a lot more people submitting and uh, voicing their concerns about our rights, our freedoms, um, and uh, gun owner, future of gun ownership in Australia. So, uh, great story there, Jason. Now, I might just continue on with some more news from the SSAA newsletter, which is fantastic. So, recently, as you know, we've had uh, uh, the Shot Expo in WA, Jason, yes. which apparently was a fantastic uh, success. Ground. Excellent success. Uh, it says here SSAA. Uh, Shot Expo, a success in the West. Uh, Australia's premier event for the sports shooting industry. The WSWA Shot Expo travelled to Western Australia for the first time earlier this month and proved to be a resounding success. So well well done all you guys in WA that attended the show. I hope you had a fantastic time in uh, supporting your sport. Uh, Excellent, excellent stuff there, Jason. And uh, going on, uh, to a bit more news now from the yeah, SSAA. We did, we did advertise for the guys there. Yeah, for, absolutely. You heard yeah. it probably on this show, advertising for the SSAA SHOT Show Perth at Claremont Showgrounds, so certainly a good cause you know, to get involved. Go talk to your... You know, your pro-gun organisations, your hunting organisations, your uh, you know your firearms manufacturers, just to get amongst it and uh, get out there and take the family and the kids. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we're big supporters of that, and we supported them uh, through a lot of advertising. And they, they, in turn, Jason, supported us. Fantastic. Exactly. Thank you very so, much. So now we've got also, for you guys that are interested in reloading, uh, I reload, Jason reloads. I mean, we, we love doing it. Uh, and also, uh, so some of you guys may be interested in how do I get into this and, and do it safely. So the SSAA has a YouTube channel, SSAA TV. They have posted a new video this month about the basics of reloading your own rifle ammunition, including the components and tools used, the processes involved, and the many benefits gained. The video demonstrates that reloading is safe, enjoyable, and, and, and an economical way of providing accurate ammunition customized for your hunting or target shooting rifle. So for those of you that are interested in uh, learning about reloading, get on to YouTube, double S, double A TV. Fantastic. That's good stuff, Jason. That's what we need. We need more education out there. Yeah, get people yeah. involved. I mean, the more education, the better, Jason. And, uh, and sometimes, and, you know, when you're re- reloading your own ammo, it's fun yeah. too. You know what I mean? You can try it your own loads. Yeah. Watching, I remember when I had my 7mm 08 and I first shot it with factory ammo. I tried about three or four different uh, styles of factory ammo and it was just... Honestly, it was shooting like a busted ass, really. Yeah. And I, um, as soon as my, my first loads, even just the quietest loads uh, or the less bang mm. for your buck loads, were like brought mushroomed them right in. Fantastic. I mean, I didn't have to, you know, it was only a hunting rifle. So, you know, certainly get into reloading. And uh, speaking of that, we're going to have someone come on the show soon, eventually, to uh, tell us about reloading. So that's good. Yeah, Jason. And I'm, I know you guys must be thinking, geez, this show is going a little bit longer than what we normally go for. Well, it's the end of the year show. It's a bumper show. It's our end of year Christmas slash New Year show. So we won't be back for at least, what, Jason, another month? Four weeks. Yeah, so we just want to make sure we include as much content as we can for you guys so that uh, you'll have plenty of en- uh, listening enjoyment. Now, what we've got here is uh, something to do with also uh, internet and social media, just uh, segueing from that uh, SSAA um, uh, story about the YouTube channel. 
be careful, guys, about what you post on social media, especially your photos and your details. So what's new news? Here we are from the WSWA e-newsletter again. Uh, Police are reminding firearm owners to be careful what they post on social media after a recent trend in firearm selfies across Victoria. (laughs) According to the Shepparton News, Victoria Police is warning that some owners are recklessly advertising firearm ownership without considering the consequences with thieves using social media to identify potential targets. So... Uh, very important there, Jason. Um, guys, don't. Um, and you know, a lot of you know, Jason and I are guilty of ourselves. We make you know YouTube videos and so on. But uh, some of you guys reveal a little bit too much information on your social media, so just be careful. Um, don't give out your details and uh, yeah. don't, don't tell too many don't people put what you pictures have. Pictures of your house or yeah, you know anything like that. I mean, the government won't talk about that. Possible the registry's been compromised, but you know <laughs> it's all because we've been posting selfies on Facebook with our firearms. Of course it is. Yeah, couldn't yeah. be anything else, could it? No, well, that's right. Stupid, so, ridiculous. So here we go, Jason. A little bit more international news now. Uh, also from the WSWE newsletter. Uh, in America, corporate shooting day is increasingly popular. Yep. So, you know, Jason, a lot of these Yanks, they're going, not, not going to the golf course anymore to discuss those meetings. They're, uh, they're going to shooting ranges and they're enjoying Makes a lot sense. more. Yeah. Makes sense. There is, they're <laughs> enjoying a lot more um, shooting activity in the United States. They love it. They get together at the range, they shoot some rounds, and then they go for a bit of a coffee. And, they, and that's how they, um, I guess, enjoy their corporate events in uh, the United States. So it's very popular in the United States. Fantastic. Now, in other news too, Jace, uh, as you know, uh, Prince Harry and Prince William have been very vocal in, uh, uh, about uh, the, the poaching that's going on in Africa uh, regarding a lot of those animals uh, that, uh, I guess, uh, especially rhinos and elephants, as you know, uh, rhino horn and um, elephant tusks are highly sought after commodities around the world on the black market, especially in Asia. Yeah. But the Botswana Bushmen have petitioned the British Royal over hunting ban. So a leader of the Botswana Bushmen has appealed to Prince William for help in recognising that tribal people who hunt for food are not poachers. Uh, Star Africa reports that Prince William, who launched his United for Wildlife Conservation initiative in the United States, recently has received a letter from renowned Bushman leader Roy Sassina asking the UK royal to recognise that some tribes hunt on ancestral lands for food and are not poachers. Now, Jason, as you know, a lot of most of this poaching is mainly going on in countries where a lot of this hunting is banned or illegal. I mean, if it was just legalised and regulated, there'd be a lot less problems, as you know that. So, unfortunately, some of these countries still haven't recognised this and are still a little bit slow to... Uh, adapt to what other countries are doing and it's unfortunately uh, leading to uh, the demise of a lot of these a- animals so yeah now sporting shooters listen to this one jace this is yep. also um i guess a little bit of mixed feelings for some people on this piece of news is that? uh yeah um i never know what it is yet well <laughs> i'll tell you sporting shooters will get a world-class rifle facility in western sydney after reaching a historic deal with the federal government to close the Anzac Rifle Range at Malabar. The Sunday Telegraph has reported that Liberal Democrat Senator David Lionhelm struck an agreement with Finance Minister Matthias Cormann on October 15 said the move would allow Western Sydney to host international shooting tournaments. Now, apparently the rumour is that 
we got a deal, apparently, that was struck with Senator Lionhelm and Matthias Cormann that we get $15 million for a world-class shooting facility uh, in uh, Western Sydney. And uh, I presume it's going to be out at uh, probably Cecil Park yeah. at, the, at, the, at the Olympic range, so... Yeah, possibly, and uh, some people are happy about this, some people are not, because uh, uh, apparently uh, we're going to be giving up Malabar, but I don't know. I think the circumstances are that the uh, federal government was going to kick us out anyway. That's what I'm assuming. Now, I don't have the... They won in court before when, Mm. uh, what's, the beds are burning, what's his (laughs) do? Peter Garrett. When Peter Garrett, Peter Garrett that was, useless, yeah. useless bloke, <laughs> he thought he was going to get rid of us, and then they took him to court and failed miserably. But um, I mean, some people have discussed whether this is a good move or a bad move. I mean, people going to Malabar, uh, having to go out to Western Sydney, um, yeah, whether there's enough room there as well to cater for the rifle mm. range. I mean, they don't, don't forget the got the clay target range at the back behind the small rifle and pistol range, yep. so. You know, I mean, the question remains, were we going to ever stay there forever? I mean, I, I don't know. They would have gotten rid of us eventually. I, mean. I, don't, I don't know what the uh, reality of the situation is, to be honest. Um, uh, I'm assuming the government were trying their best to get rid of us anyway and not give us nothing. Yeah. So, but I is mean... The question, though, is it is fifth? People say, like, yeah, it's not cheap to build a range these days. I mean, if you're going no. to build what they've got there and have to build lanes and all this extra stuff to cater for, you know, shooting and rifle sports, depending on what distance, and how far mm-hmm. are you going to be able to shoot? at Cecil Park, if that's where it's going to be, the Olympic exactly. Range. You know, what, what could only be probably 200 metres, you know? What are they shooting out there at the moment? So, well, I, mean, I, think, I think they're shooting up to 800 metres. Jason, I, I Malabar, yeah. I'm, I'm, feel I, I free to correct me, guys, on that one. I but I think, think, If that's the case, they, I, I don't think they'll be yeah. definitely doing that at um, Cecil Park. So, And people were saying, was that, to kick them out of there, was that worth $15 million? With, you know, people were saying it's worth $50 million. Mm. So... Well, I've shot mm. at Malabar, and I've got to say, I'm, um, I don't know, I've had, I have mixed feelings about this because I love going to Maroubra, Jace, shooting a couple of rounds, and then going to the cafe and relaxing by the beach and, and having a nice coffee. I, mean, I can't think of anything better, but uh, you won't be able to do that in Western Sydney, that's for sure. So, I mean, I've got mixed feelings about this, and whether or not the money figure is correct, $15 million, I certainly don't think that's enough. Um, that's mm. my own personal opinion. But anyway, yeah. guys, uh, if you feel if you want to comment on this and get onto our web web page and uh, uh, send us send us your comments about this, yeah. see what you know. Send in a voicemail, yes. like you just heard before. Send us in a voicemail. Absolutely, absolutely, Jace. So yeah, I mean, I got mixed feelings. I mean, I, I think they were going to probably kick us out anyway at some stage. People say they probably can't, but I mean, the government, if they're helping on getting rid of you. I think we should take the best deal we can. Could we have gotten more? We don't know. We're not behind the scenes with you know uh, David Lionel making that agreement. That could have been the best offer we could have got. I don't know. Might flick him an email, see what the situation was, see if we can get sort of a, an official response. Um, but I mean, I think we'd rather have a range than not have a range. Obviously, we'd probably like to stay in Malabar, but you know, if we can't, we can't. But other than that, I mean, it's sort of you know half okay. Yeah. Well, guys, uh, stay tuned. There, we're just going to go to a quick break, and we'll be right back. This is an ad for the Liberal Democrats. But the Liberal Democrats don't want me to talk about them. They want me to talk about you. People should control governments. Governments shouldn't control people. In fact, the Liberal Democrats think the less you hear from the government, the better. Unless you're hurting someone, governments should get out of the way and let you live the life you want. The Liberal Democrats. More freedom, less government. 
All right, guys, that's it. I think we're, I don't even know, we're up to over an hour and a half right now on this show. So this is, uh, I guess, our final show for 2014. Been going for about four years now. And we've had lots of people downloading the show, which is really awesome. Again, if you've got people that hunt and shoot, you know, get them into it, take them down, help them get their license, take them out hunting, shooting and fishing. It's really important stuff. Uh, thank everyone that's uh, listened to this show, that's downloaded, that's support us, that's donated, uh, all of our sponsors, uh, all the people that sent voicemail in. Again, if you have a question over the Christmas period or from when you hear this show and you've liked you know, hearing people and you want to be part of the show too, please absolutely uh, click on that voicemail or voice message icon on the right-hand side near the slider bar on the website. Really easy. You can even do it on your smartphone. Send us in a quick message and we'll play it on uh, next year's show of the straight shooting, which has been uh, just as popular as other shows. Me and Muzz weren't sure whether this was going to rate with people. Uh, a lot of the people know some like our you know everyday hunter series, some like our hunting episodes. Um, you know, some people have said, "Oh, yeah, it's the Australian hunting podcast. What's this politics got to do with this stuff?" Right? It's to us, it's it's really important that. You know, you fight for your freedom and fight for your rights to own firearms because if you don't, um, it's just, you know, it's not it's not going to be there for the future. It's not going to yep. be there for your future kids. It's not going to be there um, for, you know, your, your family generations. And um, we think it's really important. So, again, leave us a voicemail. Um, yeah, I don't really know what else to say. Just thanks. Stay safe over Christmas. If you're doing some hunting, uh, make sure you watch out for those snakes because, you know, they're getting around this time of the year. Me and Mars sort of calm down this time of the year because – it's just too hot. <laughs> but, you know, other than that, I mean, anything else to add, Muzz? Yeah, guys. Well, uh, always education is the key. So um, spread the word. I guess uh, every person you can get involved with hunting is great. If you've got people that are interested and want to learn more, teach as much as you can. Uh, I guess uh, if you're not a – you remember, like I said, Jason, all the time, it only takes 10 minutes to change the country. So if you're not a member of uh, the NRA, become a member. If you're not a member of a pro-gun political party, become a member. If you're not involved with your local hunting club, your shooting club, a recreational fishing club, get involved. That's all it takes, guys. It's all yeah. it takes to change the country, especially you guys in Tasmania. Start lobbying your politicians. I mean, this age uh, change from 16 to 15, oh, my God. These people are just on a different planet. Start lobbying them. Become yeah. active, guys. Get off your collective bums. Can you imagine and- if 800,000 gun owners just one day just decided to make something happen and yep. they got you know, 800,000 know, bits of mail or for 800,000, I mean, the whole place, you know, the system would just melt down. Exactly. I mean, we've got to remind ourselves we are the strongest lobbying force in the country. We yeah. are. No other lobby group is bigger than us. So, But we just got to get off our collective bums and start emailing our politicians it only takes a 10 minute letter to your local politician or to your member of parliament and send them that letter yeah, Tell you're them not you happy want, and you want yeah. change and you want to you know, get rid you of the national change. firearms agreement you know exactly and that's all it takes guys and you know for you guys that want airsoft start emailing them for you guys that want self-defense start emailing them for yeah. you guys that and talk to your organizations too if they don't support these things of cutting registration yeah. you know get into them tell them this is what you want and this is what the people want find out where their stance is absolutely and if you've got more questions about those things myself and jason have done many shows in the past that have addressed a whole heap of issues so just look back at our previous shows and you'll be able to access all the information there so mm. but now guys it's time for us to take a break. It is the end of the year. Yeah. I'm going to go away and have a, a wonderful new year with my family. We're going to celebrate Christmas 
and uh, it's always a, a wonderful time of year for myself, my family, and Jason. And uh, after the new after the new year sets in, uh, my, uh, myself and Jason, we're going to plan some hunting trips. We'll be looking to go into some state forests, yep. a few private We've properties. Got another private property as well from yep. one of the fellows that uh, rang me the other day and knows me off YouTube and offered me a property with deer on it for the when the season comes up in 2015. So it just goes to show, you know, you you know get out there and you do things and you yeah you know, people just start to yeah you get, get opportunities. I mean the yep. the opportunities I've had from this show are pretty pretty good, and you know people are always friendly and always willing to help. And you know I said there are some bozos out there in this industry. <laughs> um, but majority of people are, are really good. If people yep. get together, we can make a difference, that's for sure. But stay safe in 2000, late 2014, early 2015. Have a great new year, guys, and uh, we wish you all the best. And we look forward to uh, uh, hearing uh, from our listeners in 2015. Jason? Yep. Signing out, as usual, Happy I new year. am Jason <laughs> Selms. And Mario Vlapko. See you next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.